share something from Habakkuk chapter three. And uh, Spurgeon has has many good has a good ser- uh, sermon on this text concerning revival. Um, but there's something about this that really really sticks out and, and I think should be a, a very prevalent prayer for us in Habakkuk chapter three. And it says in, in verse one, a prayer of Habakkuk, the prophet on Shigionoth. I think I said that right. O Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make it known in wrath remember mercy. And I know being a part of this prayer meeting, that's something that I consistently pray even here as, as we gather. And I just want to read it from the NIV as well, because it captures a sense of, of what the text is saying, though it's not a literal, you know, word for word translation. I think it captures something in Habakkuk chapter three, verse two, the NIV renders it, Lord, I have heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds, Lord. Repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known. In wrath, remember mercy. And so Habakkuk is is looking at the past and he's saying that I've heard of your fame. I, I know who you are. I heard of your great power. I've read of them, read of your great deliverances and all the great things that you do. And Habakkuk is saying, repeat them in our day. But these words are said in a certain context, and, and we know from Habakkuk, he's, he's, he's complaining and, and bemoaning uh, the state of Israel, that there's no justice, there's violence. He's crying out to the Lord. And what's interesting is that he has, he, he's, he's doing it in the right manner. He's going to the Lord. That's, that's his response. He sees what's going on. He sees the perversion. He sees the, that they're not... You know, you read Habakkuk chapter one, and he's talking about the violence. There is strife and contention arises. He says, therefore, the law is powerless and justice never goes forth for the wicked surround the righteous. Therefore, perverse judgment proceeds. And so he's he's complaining about the state in which Israel is. And we know from chapter three, Habakkuk is going back and is saying, I know your works. He knows the promises that are in scripture. He see, he knows the kind of covenant faithfulness that God has toward his people. But now he's wrestling because he's not seeing the prosperity of people. He is seeing rather a perversion of the law. Instead of the law, which was made to separate Israel and make them a nation and holy and belong to his possession, he is seeing great trouble. But then, but then the Lord gives an answer. And what is that answer? The answer is that the Lord is actually going to judge Israel with a nation more wicked than them. And he's, he's, he's perplexed even by that. But I, what, what I find very interesting is that when the Lord gives this answer, the Lord does answer and he answers it in such a way where it prompts him to say what now. Now it's almost in a sense I'm even more confused. But now he comes in chapter three. He, he, he makes his reply and look at verse 12 in chapter one he says are you not from everlasting O lord my god my holy one i believe that's an expression right there by faith he is the everlasting god who does not change and even though god is going to use a nation more wicked than israel to judge them 
Habakkuk still is confident in the character of God. And he continues to he continues to pray, continues to make his complaint toward God. But then in chapter two, he says, I'm going to stand my watch and set myself on the rampart and watch to see what he will say to me. He knows that the Lord's going to answer him and he sets himself like a watchman and he waits upon the Lord to answer. His faith is being exercised. His faith is being exercised as he continues to wait for God. And he even says, and what I will answer when I am corrected. Because even in his prayer, he expects God to give him such greater light. He knows that God is going to respond in such a way where where even when he's complaining and even even he gives his petitions, the Lord is going to come with even more clarity that even brings correction to his understanding. I believe that's amazing. This this kind of this prayer where there is this complaint, but yet it's a faithful complaint. It's a complaint in which he's he's crying out to the Lord and he's waiting for his answer, but also knowing that God is going to respond with correction. And then you go down to chapter two, verse four, and he says, the just shall live by faith. And even though what Habakkuk sees, he cannot really wrap his mind around. His faith is in the character of God. His faith is in the promises of God. His faith is not in the circumstances of God using a a more wicked nation, which from a carnal understanding, it would appear that's unjust. But, but what does he say in chapter two? I mean, he says, I mean, chapter one, verse 12, are you not from everlasting? O Lord, my God, my Holy one, we shall not die. Notice how even in his prayers and complaints, he is expressing faith, faith in God's character, faith in his promises, faith in his, in his covenant faithfulness, knowing that this God does not change, knowing that his promises will not fail, though he says that it may, he may have to tarry. God tells him to write the revelation plain, and he's going to have to tarry and wait for it, but it will be accomplished. When God speaks, it will be fulfilled. And so now Habakkuk, he ends in chapter three with this, with this, with this praise, with this prayer, but it's actually chapter three is all an expression of praise and it's supposed to be accompanied with music and he's glorifying God. And he says, Lord, I have heard your speech and was afraid. Oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years, in the midst of the years, make it known in wrath, remember mercy. And I know this, this prayer meeting has been has been continuing for many days now. I, I, I didn't look, I forgot what day we're on here, but it makes me think of, of, of what Jesus says, will he not find such faith in all the earth? We may not be hearing of God supplying and dispensing his spirit in such great matters, which we would like. And sometimes situations even could grow dark and grow grim. And it seemed like, Lord, the kind of prayers that I'm praying, it doesn't even seem like it's being answered. But what, what did Habakkuk realize that the just shall live by faith, faith in the promises of God, faith in the character of God. And we are given such promises about the, the gospel being the power of God into salvation. We are given such promises that if we ask, seek and knock, he will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask. We are given such promises but here's the thing. The question really is often what Jesus says in, in Luke 18, will he find such faith in all the earth? 
Will faith lay hold of God's promises and his character despite not seeing certain things or seeing our prayers answered or seeing the promises of God actually being brought into fruition in our life? You know, it was it was troubling. I had missed I had missed a lot of prayer meetings lately, and one of them was due to um, after moving to North Carolina three months ago, there was uh, my the only family that's here is my wife's uncle and aunt and their children. So which would be her cousins and her cousins, her, her cousin had been addicted to drugs for quite a while. And uh, and so we were hoping that by being here, you know, I could be involved in his life and I got to share the gospel with him in front of my house for a while. Um, but then th- then there came a time where all of a sudden we were already praying uh, every single day for him during family worship. But there was just a week where he was just heavily burdened upon my heart. And so I just was more fervent in prayer for him and I reached out to him and said, let's hang out. He canceled on me. And the following day he overdosed. And that really, what really shook me was, Lord, you had prompted me to pray for him. You had prompted me to continue to persist in prayer for him and really believe that the Lord was going to intervene in his life and save him and, and, and bring him deliverance. And while I may not understand what, how, why those circumstances transpired the way they did, I know this, I, I have to trust in the character of God. And I know that the Lord will work it out for his glory and for his good. And of course, that opened the door for me to preach the gospel at his funeral and to family members and, and things like that. And, and I pray that the Lord would, would bring fruit from that. But the thing is, is that that's what it means that the righteous will live by faith. Our eyes are not fixed on what's seen. Our eyes are not fixed on even our own works, but, but our eyes are fixed on, on God. It's, it's fixed on his word. And through response, through our faith, we respond to that. And so when we go out and we share the gospel to people, we, we don't, sometimes we don't see fruitfulness and we don't see the, the, the apparent uh, conversions right on the spot. But then we go back to what it says in Romans chapter one, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. And then we find ourselves like Habakkuk praying, oh Lord, revive your work in the midst of the years. This same gospel that overturned Ephesus, this same gospel that changed Iconium and, and Lystra and Derby, these this same gospel that pervaded in, in Athens with all these philosophers, this is the same gospel that changed hardened hearts, that changed Gentiles who were abounding in wickedness. We look at our we look at the situations that we're in today and we see immorality, we see of the love of many growing cold, we see all of all of what's going around us and, and, and it could look very dark, but then you look at how dark it was in the first century times. And yet, what did you have? You had men who labored in prayer, who strived with the Lord and God accompanied that message with power. But what did they constantly do? They constantly went back and they knew the power of God. When they, when they, were gathered together in the Jerusalem council in Acts chapter 15. What did they do? They went back to the scriptures and they saw that God was going to save the Gentiles. They were consistently looking at the promises and the word of God and allowed the word of God to so saturate their minds and hearts that it brought about a response to continue to persevere. And this, this, this is 
the call for each and every one of us the just shall live by faith, right? We continue and it may not seem, it may not seem so spectacular in the world's eyes coming on a Zoom meeting to pray at 12 o'clock for revival, but the just shall live by faith. Day by day, persevering, the Lord wants us to continue to wrestle with him. The Lord wants to continue to contend with him. And what I love about this, this short, short book of Habakkuk is that while Habakkuk is, he's, he's getting more light and more revelation as he continues to persevere in prayer. He prays and then he waits for the answer. He prays and he doesn't, he doesn't right away, he doesn't give up. You see, and you could look at Habakkuk and you could say, you know, uh, again, that he's, he, he may be wrestling with a lot of doubt. He may be wrestling with, with certain things, but the fact that he continues to persevere with the Lord in prayer shows the expression of his faith. And it shows all the more that as he continues, God is faithful to dispense his purposes more and more and more. And it leads Habakkuk to say, oh, Lord. I have heard your speech and was afraid, or I stand in awe and I tremble when I think of the ability of God. That is, that is our stance. When we think of the ability of God, when we come to him in prayer, when we're asking the Lord to do the things that he's doing, we need to remember the one whom we are approaching. When we're praying for revival, we need to remember the one who has brought about revival multiple times. And it's very easy. We we could stand distant, especially because we look at the Old Testament and we see God splitting the Red Sea. We see God sending a plague of locusts. We see God doing all those things. And we stand here now and we say, well, you know, God worked that way in the Old Testament. But we know this. We know when, when, when the disciples were casting out demons, they go and report to Jesus. Look, even the demons are submissive to you in your name. But the Lord brings greater glory and greater power on the work of salvation when he says, don't rejoice in this, but rejoice in the fact that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. So the same God that splits the Red Sea, the same God that just reading this morning about Gideon, how God wanted Gideon to strip down to 300 men to make sure that Israel wasn't going to boast in themselves and boast in their own strength. And that's what we could do. We could get to a place where we boast in our techniques boast in expository preaching, boast in our intellect, boast in our degrees, boast in the fact that we have our theology uh, sound and and knit. And therefore, you know, as as if God owes us something because we have it all figured out. Um, That's not the reality. The reality is he, he, he comes. And I think there was, it was a devotional recently about those who are broken and contrite and the humble and the meek, how God responds to those who simply submit and trust in his character and in his power. And this faith must persevere. Habakkuk tells us and Hebrews tells us that God has no pleasure in the soul that shrinks back. The soul that shrinks back is the soul that's living by sight. The soul that shrinks back are those who are, who are trusting in themselves and trusting in their own power. But the just must live by faith. And our expression of faith, and I pray that, that as, as we continue to gather to pray and ask the Lord, that we would ask, Lord, we stand amazed at your deeds. This is not a matter of if you have the ability. It's a matter of, Lord, may today be the appointed time. 
May today you raise up labors. May today be a day in which you pour out your spirit and give us days of refreshing like you did in the days of which we read in church history and the days even that we have in your word. And so I pray that that we would continue to persevere in faith because Jesus is, is asking. Jesus is asking each and every single one of us in Luke 18, will he find such faith in all the earth? Amen.